there room for a Christian to hate? We're to be defined by our love, but are there things or even people that we as Christians should hate? This is Consider It, where we're considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 474747 and we'll consider your questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Consider It as usual. Um, let's just start with the question that was submitted. Uh, today, here it is. It says, is the old cliche, God hates the sin but loves the sinner, a biblical phrase, or should we avoid using it? Yeah. God hates the sin but loves the sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we. I think if I remember correctly, we have taken a similar question to this. I think it was... Does God love everyone, everyone That's right. or everybody? And That's right. and interestingly, this is kind of like the other side of it, right? Um, but but I think there's going to be a, a few nuances that that we can take and, yeah. and hopefully just answer this in a in a biblical way and help us think more right. biblically about about this. You know, very very popular cliche I right think. right and even the way that this particular question is worded i think we have to draw attention to it's that because it says this god or god hates the sin but loves the sinner um because you also hear that like as a command for us to right. lo- uh, hate the sin love the sinner right because like, we relate to other people we're to uh to hate the sin but love the sinner but the way that this question is asked that god hates the sin and uh and loves the sinner which which is you know god does hate sin you know okay so just like think of some bible passages that come true or come to mind um is this true is this uh you know not true well proverbs 6 comes to mind verse 16 through 19 where it says there are six things that the lord hates seven that are an abomination to him haughty eyes a lying tongue hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked plans feet that make haste to run to evil a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers and so those are sins that god hates so that part of the question or yeah. that part of the phrase obviously truly like there god hates sin absolutely right. and, and that's not the that's not usually the contested one right right and that's not the one that that most anyone would contest i think we all know that that god is a holy god yeah um and, and therefore you know he hates sin you yeah. know it's the whole reason christ had to die on the cross right for his yeah. wrath yeah. for sin his justice wrath yeah um so really it's it's does he hate does he hate the sinner yeah right and um this is this is psalm 5 this it says for you are not a god who delights in wickedness evil may not dwell with you the boastful shall not stand before your eyes you hate all evildoers you destroy those who speak lies Uh, the lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man Mm. so there it moves not beyond just the action of evil or sin right that the lord hates Mm. yeah um those things that we do that that uh, dishonor and offend god or those things we don't do that dishonor and offend god and here in verse five that you just read of psalm five it says that you speaking of god hate all evil 
no evil doers. And so this was really where where the rubber meets the road then in that phrase that God loves the sinner. Um, And so here we're getting into some deep, deep waters because it here very clearly says God hates all evil doers. Yeah, and uh, and you know all throughout the Psalms. I mean, honestly, all throughout the Bible, you yeah. you see this. You see this. It's not really a new a new um, a new thing. You know, this is eleven Psalm eleven verse five. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, you think of that that passage in Romans yeah Romans 9 speaking of election and yeah and uh, using the example of Jacob I loved and Esau I hated right and uh, and so there in God's justice he hates sin and those who do sin right and those who persist in their sin and who will continue in their sin and that's really the reality of all humans being born in sin and dead in our sin um so that's the starting place for everybody. The right. real, the real profound part of the gospel and our relationship with the Lord is that He would love anybody. Right. That God would choose to love a sinful person, um, and uh, that He would set His love on them and uh, and choose them to adopt them and to make them His own people. That He would send Christ, who would die uh, for. Uh, people that would be his own possession that he would set his love on that we would be bought at a price and that's the real profound statement right. um or the real profound piece of the gospel right yeah it, it, is this phrase helpful no i i don't think it's biblical right. i don't think it's helpful um and, and i think even as we're thinking about it it's helpful to you know define things right because sure. we and i think the big the big ones are love and sin and sinners yeah. you know so sin i think is is the easiest one yeah. um to do anything that is that is opposing to god's character that is not honoring to him right, right. or not to do the things that do honor him exactly you know, the sins right. of, omission of omission and the sins of commission right not um, doing the things that we're supposed to do right yeah and he hates that right it's understandable it's outside of his character um this is where you know you we brought up romans 9 in an election and how he he's talking about how you know, Jacob, Jacob, he loved, but Esau, he hated, um, to define the word sinner, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's helpful to understand that like when, um, and maybe let's, before we do sinner, let's, let's define love because I think in, in that's where we can, we can probably refer to does God love everybody in that podcast. So we won't spend a ton of time on, on this, but we really defined the kind of love that God shows two people and how he interacts right we have yeah. the salvific love which i think um it's important to understand that 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 love is not for everybody god yeah. does not love everyone in a salvific way right. that would mean he would save everybody yeah. now he again in the podcast we talked about it he shows a benevolent love yeah. to everybody yeah. right it rains on everybody everyone enjoys of his creation the same way like we all enjoy coffee we all right. enjoy food right and this is a this is a benevolent love that, right. that god shows to everyone yeah. unequivocally right yeah. we, we see the grand canyon and it's it's amazing to everybody yeah. right hopefully but this love of how you're talking about this like for loving you know before the foundations of the world for knowing yeah. um people intimately yeah. um speaking of romans 9 like he 
chose certain people to yep. love right. before the foundations of the world, right? right. right. So God does not love everyone in a saving way like right, that. Right. Right. And so that's where That's where the phrase, though it's popular and cliche and sounds cool, it's it's really just overly simplified right. of a much more complex biblical topic. Um, and so it, you know, it's unhelpful is because well, it depends on what you mean by this stuff. Yeah. Like it's yes. But in other cases, no. Right. And, and so to kind of live by this uh, phrase is, I mean, it's just more complex in in, in reality. And right. even like even to talk about sinner uh, and and to define that like what is a sinner? We've defined sin, but what is a sinner? And then those who are sinful. Right. Know? And that that's where you have to see sinner. Like in this case, I think it's helpful to it's it's best to see sinner in light of what we just talked about love, his saving love, right? Right. Because the beauty of the gospel is that when God puts his saving love on you through you being justified through Christ and regenerated through by the Holy Spirit, yeah. um, you are not seen anymore as – you're not branded as a sinner anymore. You're right. not a slave to sin. Right. You're, you're master's Christ. You're a slave to righteousness now. Right. Um, and, and that's really, like you were saying, that's the beauty and that is what is so moving and beautiful about the gospel that now – you know, at the end, when we're judged, uh, we're not judged as a sinner. We're judged as a, a, a son or daughter of, of right. the king. Right. We're right. just welcomed in. We're, you know, you're home. Right. Because we've been clothed in righteousness. You know, we've been covered by what Christ has done. And so uh, we are not defined by our sin, mm. though we still do sin. And this is where it's, you know, the difference between being a sinner and being sinful. Right. Um, because we've been saved by grace as Christians, and yet we still have sin. We're, we're, we're sinful. Um but it isn't what defines us nor controls us. Mm. It's God's spirit that does. We've been saved, and and yet we still do these things that that the sin against God. Whereas a sinner is somebody who is characterized by and controlled by their sin, right. and they can't do anything else. They don't do anything to please God, um, and they and they love it. They like it. You know, yeah. sinners don't have any concern for the things of God. They have no desire to honor Christ and can't walk in the Spirit because they're walking in the flesh according to their sinful ways. They are dead to that. And in that category is, you know, God God hates them and his wrath right. will be poured out on them, right. um, uh, you know, should they die in their sin. And it gets complex right. really it, just because of our perspective on it. <laughs> right, because the natural rebuttal is like, well, God, I sin and, and God doesn't hate me, right? And yeah. assuming that this is the believer speaking. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, as a believer, you are sinful still, right. but you are not a, a sinner and that that's what has defined you. That's your identity anymore. Right. You know, you have this dichotomy of, of people in the world. There's only two. You know, there's redeemed, saved people, children of the king, yeah. and then there's children of wrath. Yeah. That's it. There's right. nothing in between, right? right. And so... You're either uh, a citizen of heaven or a citizen of hell. Right. And and one he loves and one he hates. And it's shown in in the in the results, right? One is eternal life yeah. in paradise. Yeah. One is eternal damnation, yeah. uh, you know, hell. Right. And so... Really, that's that's the two. That, those are the you know those are um, your statuses. That's right. it. And so, God does hate the sinner like He hates the sin. Yeah. So where then does that does that put us as believers? And and how should then we interact with 
sinners and yeah. even just sinful people, right. right? How should we deal with sin? How should we think about sin and people who practice sin, right? right, right. I, the natural, you know, the other way we've heard this is like hate the sin but love right. the sinner, right? That's right. kind of telling From our perspective. for us, yeah. you know, how we should deal with people. Yeah. Um, it's also helpful, and I think it's helpful for us to even talk about just how we should navigate that. Right, right, because that's that maybe even more common. What we hear today is, you know, when we're uh, interacting with people that we disagree with, that are in sin, that we just clearly right. know from the scripture. Yeah, um, that that phrase comes up. Well, we're to hate the sin and and love the sinner. Um, which in many cases, yeah, I would say that's that's very very true. Yeah, we should, especially when we're thinking evangelistically, we we need to love people. Jesus had compassion on the crowd because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, um, and so as as believers, we should have love and compassion for a world, understanding that they are lost and dead in sin. Right. Um, and so absolutely we should hate the sinful acts that people do and not condone them and things. And, and it's yeah. worth pointing out that like our, our love, the love that we show to one another is not a saving love. Correct. Right. And that's why we can love everybody, quote unquote, right? We can love everybody. And that doesn't mean we approve of it. That right. doesn't mean we don't, um, we condone it. It's, right. it's this idea that we, you know how Paul says, uh, Paul says even that he would he would almost give up knowing Christ so that his brothers could love right, Christ. Right. Right. That kind of love is the love right. that we should have for. We right. want people to know Christ, to know the beauty of the gospel. Right. A benevolent, compassionate love. And so that's that's really where it's helpful to even think in those terms in the same way that we, uh, you know, in the other podcasts about loving God and stuff. And, and so do we love or hate sinners? Um well, we can't love in a salvific way. That's not in our uh, in our power to do so, only in God's. But we can love in a benevolent way, right? And so, absolutely, we're going to to do that. And so, when it comes to then uh, to to sinful people and those egregious sins, and so uh, you know, it's one thing to for when it's you know how we categorize things like big sins or small sins. You know, if our, we know a, a friend, then they're just engaged in little sins or whatever they lie or things like that's not as bad. But what about people that are, you know, committing and even advocating and celebrating and looking to, uh, to you know, legislate evil sins like harm to children? Yeah, um, and uh, that that are gross, egregious sins of of that nature, or murder, or whatever it might be. Um, and uh, the things that deserve a righteous, a righteous anger uh, towards, and and people that are advocating for that, should we hate them as workers of lawlessness, as uh, perpetuators and even perpetrators of evil? Right. Should we hate them? That's the question. I think, and that's really where we wrestle with, and where people land on different sides. You say, no, we should, we should absolutely love them, and then maybe no, should we hate them? And that's where, uh, well, you were reading from Psalm uh, five earlier, but right. Psalm fifteen comes to mind, and uh, talking about a person who is blameless, someone who is holy, someone who can come into the presence of God, is defined by uh, Psalm 15 verse 4 someone who in whose eyes a vile person is despised mm. 
that's somebody who's blameless. Right. You know, that despises a vile, wicked, evil person, um, which I would categorize as somebody that, like I was just explaining, somebody who's, who is celebrating and advocating and committing those gross, egregious sins, like the ones in Romans 1 that are described there. Right. And as it gets to the end of that chapter, is God giving over layer after layer, have shown his mercy and grace, and they're just continuing in this downward spiral yeah. towards depravity. Haters of God. They're yeah. haters of God. And those that approve then of those who, who also would hate God or, you know, or any of the other uh, sins listed in that. And that's really where it comes to then, I think, in a helpful way. So we've talked about loving in a salvific way, in a benevolent way. Uh, as it comes to then even those, like, what does it mean then to despise a vile person? It means to hate, not towards damnation, because mm. that doesn't, that's, that, not our, that's not our power. We can't save anybody. Grade. And we, right, that's above our pay grade. Yeah. Indeed, that's a good way to say it. But, but we should hate towards uh, disassociation. Mm. Or hate hate somebody uh, to where we will uh, we're we're not going to be about that. We're going to advocate against it. Mm-hmm. We're going to protect the the vulnerable, and we we will pursue justice, mm-hmm. not taking justice into our own hands. I'd say that's hating towards damnation, where we're then committing our own sin of murder or whatever it is. But we are going to pursue justice uh, against that person because they are, you know characteristically engaged in these types of vile sins. Right. And and I think that's kind of what he, that Psalm 15 is getting at right. here. You know? um, yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, this, this kind of, you, it almost, to some extent, re, you know, it reminds me of just church discipline and mm-hmm. that final, that final, you know, last layer of where you know you you take them out of the church and you have nothing to do with them and that doesn't mean we'd never have a repentant heart or reconciliate that's what i meant a reconciliatory like attitude towards them but now it's it's on them right we've done all we've could uh they want nothing to do with that um and so we cast them out right for the benefit of the of the sheep but it's you know this same idea of where like i don't think we don't you know pray for these people sure. i don't think we we uh say that they can never be saved right. but like you said this hate of disassociation is like we want nothing to do with them we yeah. have nothing to do with them we shouldn't right because right. we're lovers of, of good and and of christ but you know we you know we're continually told to pray for those who do evil to right. pray for our the Absolutely. ones who do evil against us to pray for our enemies right, right. um and, and so it's like this both end of, of we have right. nothing to do with them and yet um yeah. we see all throughout the scripture of god saving the the most unlikely paul himself Absolutely. right 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 and that's really where we we're, we're praying prayers of justice right we're praying prayers of repentance um desiring that they would come to their senses that god would save them um and that they you know that they would reap the you know the just consequences for their vile actions um but we're not going to, that doesn't mean we have to be friends. That doesn't mean we have to be, you know, we're not going to be business partners. We're not going right. to engage. We're not going to celebrate. We're not going to, you know, yeah. live life with them in such a way that we would be known as associates right. with them uh, and somehow looped in as approving of them. And uh, and this is really get, where it gets kind of tricky because it's like, well, what sins, you know, what where is it? And, and, and I think that's the way people want to think of these types of things is we want to think categorically in sins. 
well, if it's a sexual type sin, it falls into this category. If it's murder, if it's, you know, whatever, but lying pride, you know, yeah. and, and, and I don't know that that's necessarily the, the best way to think about this, but it's more helpful to think characteristically of a person's mm-hmm. life. Right. Um, because somebody may commit a one-time murderous act, a one-time sexual sin, mm-hmm. and 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 repent of it, be you know, move on, fall in Christ or whatever, you know, be saved. Um, but the sins that are characteristic of a person that shows no regard for the things of God, the fear of God is not before their eyes, as the Bible would say. And now they love this; they're saying this is good and right. It's a part of their personality, their identity, and uh, and they are advocating for others to also engage in this and be defined by it. Right. That's the type of vile wickedness that uh, that that should grieve us. And uh, in a sense, cause us to hate uh, both the sin and the sinner, right? Um, um, with always a tinge of hopefulness that Christ would still save them. Um, I think I think some some just helpful things here to think about. You know, to summarize what we've what we've been talking about. You know, does God hate the sin, but love the sinner? You know, God has salvific love, yeah. right? That He doesn't bestow upon everyone and he hates sin and evil doers people who are uh, not inside of him like inside of christ the body of christ he he despises them right um now does that influence so how does that influence what we do and how we interact with people i think um we should have grace we should have benevolent love and mercy towards uh everybody and yet we also should hate evil right right we should hate wickedness when we see it in the world uh, you know, turn on the news. We should despise it. That should not. That should grieve our spirit. That should grieve our heart. Right. Um, and yet, we know that that God can save even the most unlikely. And so, we should pray right. for those people as well. Um, right. But I think the the way that this kind of like idiom is used a lot is is so that is for two things. Either one, on one side, it's so that we can just you know sin abundantly and right. and and, and right. just you know basically not say jesus isn't the lord of my life i can just kind of get all the benefits but i don't have to do any of the the work right Right. so that's that's the one way or or the other one sometimes is like no god hates the sin and the sinner and so i hate this person and i you know have no um there's no westboro baptist right right yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna condemn them to sin right and i think both of those are not helpful and yeah. not biblical. Right. You know, we condemn nobody to sin. Yeah. I mean, we condemn nobody to hell. Right. You know, their sin does. Right. And we should pray for our enemies while right. hating right. Uh, the wickedness that happens. Yeah. And then on, on the other side, right, God hates sin and yeah. sinners. Right. You know? Right. Um, and he right. redeems his own. Right. Right. Yeah. And we can't just trample upon the love of God that, to give us license to sin because we, right. we can see that and be like, ah, it's not a big deal. I can just continue in this. Or even I can see my uh, my friend or my brother or sister in Christ and and, and let this, this phrase, this idiom, you know, keep me from speaking out and confronting that person. Right. You know, saying, hey, you got to stop. Like, this is sinful. You know, this is this does not please God. You know, as a matter of fact, He hates it. Right. Um, and uh, and 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 so we hide behind this unhelpful idiom to enable laziness or disobedience. Yeah, or s- and, sinfulness. And, yeah, and even our own sinfulness, and and that's not good or right. And so, um, 
So that's where I just come back to the question. I don't know that it's actually that helpful, but it did bring up a good thing to talk about and yeah. discuss the different nuances and, and things and, and, and really to help us wrestle with, well, what does the Bible teach? And then what is my way of o- obedience with this? And, and here's the reality, like relationships with, with people aren't, aren't just black and white. We can't boil them down to idioms. You know, right. it's helpful or, or as, as much as we want to, um, is life is much more complex and relationship with people is, is much more complex and, and, uh, and God's grace really kind of blows the bounds of that idioms can express. So we, we keep trusting the Lord in, in all these things and, and, uh, that we who know the love of God, uh, should be that much more grateful that he would show it to us, um, and, uh, and open our eyes to behold the beauty of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Who were once sinners. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in Brownfield, Texas, where we are taking on questions regarding life, theology, and the church. If you'd like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 474747. If you'd like to learn more about our church, visit us at redemption.bible. We thank you for your support and listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.